0: I live in Helena, Montana. It's the state capital, but it's not a big city. In my opinion, the best thing about Helena is that we have trails everywhere. Surrounding the edges of our city are over 70 miles of trails that are perfect for hiking and biking. The International Mountain Biking Association has designated us a silver level destination. Basically, the trails are a big deal and I love them. Earlier this week, I was taking advantage of those trails when biking across a favorite meadow, I had literally just informed my friends that if the time comes that they need to spread my ashes, this meadow is the place. Within five minutes, I was face down on the ground, tangled up in my bike, getting a very up close view of the trail while repeatedly spouting, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, After the initial shock of my abrupt contact with the ground, my self-reliance told me to walk it off, so I did, and I did feel okay. Okay, right up until I put all my weight on one leg in order to remount my bike. That's when my knee bent the wrong way, and it became clear that while I was okay, my knee was not. Welcome to Death Becomes Her, the mini cast where we spend five to ten minutes discussing death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm your host, Lyella Kelly. That is how I found myself thinking about the topic of support. Death doulas offer support. That's a kind of vague statement. Yes, we offer support. But what does that really mean? Haven't people been dying for literally forever? Do we really need support through the dying process? Isn't this just the human experience, something we've been handling since the beginning of human existence? Why do we need death doulas now? I feel like these are valid questions, and like I say, my recent experience got me thinking about the topic of support. So for this episode, my knee will be an apt analogy for the work that doulas do and the work that we all can do. So yes, my knee had veered medially, meaning my left kneecap veered toward my right kneecap, a very unnatural and from my viewpoint, sickening motion to witness. Immediately, I started to look for stability. I needed to tie something around my knee, something to keep it on the straight and narrow. We ended up tying a shirt around my knee, which did give me enough confidence to at least get on the bike and start on the downhill. After a lot of one-legged maneuvers and a couple of hours, I was delivered safely to my couch. My husband, he made a quick run to the pharmacy for an ace bandage, a wrap that I could put around my knee. That little ACE bandage was just what I needed to feel better. It didn't fix the growing pain, but it did make me feel a bit more stable. By morning, it was clear that I was going to need to see a doctor. My knee had become so painful during the night, and getting into the car was unpleasant, to say the least. I could no longer really maneuver my leg on my own. I had to hold my knee up, and then I had to have somebody hold the weight of my foot as I pivoted my body to get into the passenger seat. The same maneuvers were repeated to get out of the car, to get on the exam table, to get situated for x-rays... Fortunately, every time I had a team of people to help me and support my weak and tender areas. After all the medical stuff, I was sent home with another ACE bandage and a referral for an MRI. But a couple hours later, I got a call from the doctor. It seems that the radiologist had seen something on the x-ray and I needed to go back to the clinic. ACE bandages weren't going to cut it. I needed a massive black brace ankle to hip. That's what I'm hobbling around with these days, as well as a set of standard issue crutches that we rented from the equipment rental shop. Side note, you can rent a cement mixer and crutches all in one handy location. So yeah, I have an ace bandage, a big strong brace, and crutches. And even though it is far from convenient, I gotta tell you, it is an absolute game changer. Do you see where I'm going with this? The right support makes all the difference in the world. Yes, technically we can navigate situations without support, but when we do, we feel the instability. We feel the tentativeness and uncertainty When a shift in life happens and we realize that we may be facing an end-of-life situation, at first, we may feel like we can handle it on our own. Maybe we only need to tie a shirt, as it were, around the injury to be confident enough to move forward. As the adrenaline wears off and the inflammation and pain sets in, upgrading from the makeshift support of the shirt to an ACE bandage again gives us that extra feeling of stability and support. We're being held together by the compression wrap and it feels better. Again, we find that we can move forward, but still that may not be enough. When curveballs balls come our way unexpectedly, we can feel the fear. For example, my dogs, what if they jump or wag in such a way that they touch my instability? This whole thing could blow as end of life situations progress, that sensitivity and fear manifest as well. If someone says the wrong thing, or our loved one's pain seems unmanageable, the uncharted territory is getting too foreign. Tripwire after tripwire is being laid down and the tension becomes palpable. We can feel it squeezing in. One wrong move and this is all going to blow. As a death doula, with a bum knee... I now realize that my job is to be a big, strong brace. I can't take away the pain or the inflammation. That will only come in time. But I can reinforce and stabilize. I can strengthen the weak spots and minimize further damage. In the past, American culture was different. Families lived and died in one area of the country, maybe even sharing the same land or homes. When end-of-life came, generations were there to rally together, bracing and supporting. People knew their neighbors. They had a second family in their churches and communities. In the past, most people had an entire team on hand to handle every task that was needed. Some were cooks. Some cared for the children. Some were nursemaids. The doctors would come to the home. Others could handle practical needs, and still others knew how to care for the dead it was a different time. We don't live like that anymore. And while there are countless advantages to our modern lifestyles, there are also gaps. Gaps that can become glaringly apparent at the end of life. A person is dying, and yet we have to balance our employment with the time and care we devote to our loved ones because we fear losing our means of living. Rarely are people in a situation where they can drop everything and devote themselves to the most important task at hand. Additionally, our support people may live hundreds or thousands of miles away. Even though they want to be physically available, it may not be a feasible option. What hasn't changed, though, is that we still need the support. And that's what death doulas provide. We fill the gaps that exist as a necessity of modern life. Yes, we can go it alone. But just like my wobbly knee wrapped in that makeshift shirt brace... It feels unstable. It feels tentative and scary. The journey ahead feels daunting. The right support at the right time brings comfort and peace of mind. We can breathe easier when we know that the next unforeseen challenge is going to be met with the strength and protection of the right support system. If you or someone you know needs extra support navigating end of life, find a doula in your community check with the National End-of-Life Doula Alliance, known as NEDA, N-E-D-A. You can find a directory of doulas in your area on their website, nedaalliance.org. Or, I am just hanging out on my couch these days. There's no biking or hiking, so I'm really quite available. Reach me through my website, leavingwellmt.com. Thank you for listening to The Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lylella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman B. Love for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.